The title of the sermon this, mo- this afternoon is Persons of Interest. Persons of Interest. Who is a person of interest? The Cambridge Dictionary says, one who is wanted by law enforcement in connection with a crime. Hmm. One who is wanted in connection with a crime. In my country, whenever you become a person of interest, there's two ways to go about it. You either turn yourself in, preferably, let grandma take you in, get an attorney, get a justice of the peace, or get a pastor. The other way, you don't want to go that way. Because if you don't surrender to the law, the law is going to come and get you. Let us pray. Our Lord, our God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your holy name. Father, I shouldn't be standing here, dear God, because I'm not worthy. But Father, whatever you make or whomever you make worthy is worthy indeed. So let it not be me, dear God, but let it be you who lead out through me this afternoon. Father, I am a sinner. Cleanse me, O God, of all my sins. Cleanse me, O God, of all my unrighteousness. Close me, O mighty God, in your righteousness. Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us this morning, this afternoon rather. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. I was born April 21st, 1971. So that makes me 50 years old. Yes, 50 years old. But before I was born, I was a person of interest waiting to be born. Before my great-great-great-great-grandparents met, I was about to be a person of interest whenever I was born. How do you figure that? I don't think that is fear. For me to become a person of interest when I wasn't even thought about, but waiting to be born to become a person of interest. We're going to go in the word of God today, and you're going to see how I became a person of interest. And I hope you will see also 
how you became a person of interest. Turn your Bibles with me, please, to Revelation chapter 12. Brother Wilton always say he loves to hear the Bible pages turn. Revelation chapter 12, 7 to 9. And I will read in your hearing. And war broke out in heaven. That's not a place that you would think about war breaking out. Of all the places, heaven is supposed to be the last place for a war. But God who doesn't hide things want us to know that war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. So it wasn't a one-sided affair that was taking part here. It was all-out war. We know the dragon here is Lucifer, Satan. And we know he had brainwashed and deceived a third of the celestial host. So here was a war going on. The commanding chief of heaven and the enemy of heaven were in battle. But they did not prevail because nothing or no one who goes up against God can or will prevail. Nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So the devil and those who accompanied him in this attempted failed coup, because that was the first coup that was tried in the universe. You know, all around the world, we're accustomed to government being overthrown. Satan was the first one who tried it. Verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. So now we know for sure who that dragon is, because God called him out by name. Who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Let's go over to verse 12. 
Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. And this is where things got bad for me, waiting for 1971. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he know that he has a short time. So, me being a person of interest, begun in heaven. However, I didn't have to become a person of interest. I mean, we read this, that war broke out in heaven. But have we ever thought about what really was going on right there? Let's recap to January 6th of this year. The Capitol building being invaded. Remember what you saw on CNN and all the media outlets. The Capitol building is where our lawmakers work. That's where the, 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 the country is governed from. Picture that happening in heaven. God's holy throne room has been invaded by his subjects. Imagine Satan and those who took side with him attacking that which was holy. Think about that scene that you, that, that you saw on television for days. I heard one reporter say they can't believe that it is, this is not a third world country. A third world country. I smile to myself. This whole wide world is one big ghetto. But some of us act like we don't know. I always ask myself, where is the second class world? Okay, you have first world countries and you have third world countries. So where's the second world countries? There isn't any. It's a divide created by men. They couldn't believe that this was taking place in the United States of America. Like, I can't believe that that actually took place in heaven. Imagine that man, um, what was his name? Um, they call him Big O, Bennett or whatever his name was. When he sat back on that infamous picture on Nancy Pelosi's chair with his feet upon the desk and a big cigar in his mouth. Because that's what Satan wanted in heaven. He thought that he could have overthrown the government of God so he could kick back with his big cigar. He came to earth. He came to earth. He came to earth and he was angry. Because if you turn your Bibles with me, 
to Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 13. When he lost heaven, he didn't quit the fight. He didn't quit when he lost heaven. He came to earth. He saw God's subjects here on earth, and he wanted earth. He wanted to get back to God for his loss. And there was no way to get back to God than to get to, to his people. I'm going to take you to how I became a person of interest before 1971, April 21st. So Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 13, and Satan declared, for you have said in your heart. Now this is God is saying. What Satan. He's revealing to us. What Satan wanted. For you have said in your heart. I will ascend into heaven. I would exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. So this is Satan right here, want to be worship. No worship is found, was found for him in heaven. So he was coming to where he could get worship. Remember, he was kicked out of heaven and earth took him in. On the further side of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud I will be like the most high. So Satan is not accepting defeat then. And he's still not accepting defeat now. Now we're going to get into the meat of the matter. Turn your Bibles with me please to Genesis chapter 3. Put your mind in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent, and we know who the serpent is. Lucifer, that dragon, who was kicked out of heaven. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Let's think about the snake for a minute. The snake, not Satan. Let's think about the snake for a minute. Today, when we see a snake, we actually don't have an idea of what the snake looked like before. Before this curse came upon the snake, the snake had legs. And as we go through, we will see 
through the revelation of God's word, that the snake had legs. The snake was smarter than all the other creatures except man. Satan is not stupid. The more smarter we get, it's the more Satan wants to make us a vessel of his. The serpent spoke to the woman. Why did the serpent speak to the woman? Because the serpent, the, 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 the snake, allowed the devil access into it. Brothers and sisters, if the snake could not speak, Satan would not have used the snake. Satan would have used another medium. If the snake could not speak, Eve would have... Remember, Eve was still in her righteousness. Eve could have simply asked, How are you speaking and you never spoke before? Don't play with the devil. Don't play with the devil. When he's coming subtle, he's not going to come with anything extraordinary. Remember, he called the scriptures to Eve and then he imputed one word. He didn't come with a whole bag of talking. He just interjected one word. And that one word changed humanity forever. We get into how I became a person of interest before even 1971. Now, this is Satan speaking through the serpent. I go back over verse 1 of chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now the woman is in conversation with the serpent, with the snake. Possessed by the devil. Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent. We may eat of the trees of the garden. But of the tree. But of the fruits of the tree. Which is in the midst of the garden. God had said. You shall not eat of it. Nor shall you touch it. Lest you die. So, here we see that God, from this conversation with Eve, God had a outline. God and humanity, God, Adam and Eve had a conversation. God didn't just put this tree there. And this tree, there was something about this tree, but he didn't. Reveal it to them. That's not how God works. God don't work like that. God told them what will happen. 
God gave them strict command, do not. God didn't just tell them, okay, don't do this. God went as far as to tell them what will happen. God let them know, the day you do, you shall surely die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. A lot of times we intend to listen to the serpent. A lot of times we know what is right. We know what we are not supposed to do. But we try to compromise. Yes, I know this is not right. But we are acknowledging that we know. But the minute we know that it is not right. But, God will understand. Oh, whoa. You see how we put God all the time in the huddle where God is not supposed to be? I know this is not right. But, God will understand. My son used to be in karate. Very good at it. Moved up the belt very quickly. But all the competitions were on Sabbath. One day he said, Daddy, please, Daddy, please, can I just go to one of the tournaments? And I said, no, son. You can't go to the tournament because it's on Sabbath. Mommy chimed in, babes, I mean, he worked so hard. Just one time. I said, no. Because if I allow one time, then you're going to come back next time and say, but you did that time. I wanted to have seen him in competition. But I couldn't afford my son to violate God's Sabbath to be an exhibition. I couldn't afford that. I wanted to see him match his skills with others in the, in the same division that he was in. If it was on Sunday, no problem. I would probably even take the time off for work. But it was on the Sabbath. Satan, verse 5. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, a lot of times we allow the devil to trick us. Adam and Eve were already like God. Because he made them in his image. He furnished them with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. They were the apple of his eyes, made just a little bit lower than the angels. David said, what is man that God should be mindful of him? 
God made man in glory and honor. We didn't come from the monkey race. I sure didn't. And none of you here did. Nobody did. Because we were made in the image of God. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that it was good. Now how did the woman realize that it was good for food? The snake possessed by the devil, which the devil could not go into the snake if the snake didn't give the devil access. The snake was eating the fruit. The snake was showing the woman that if you eat, you will not die. Look at me. I'm eating. I'm dead. God don't want you to be like him. The minute you do that, God, you're going to be like God. You're going to know this. You're going to know that. You're going like he's trying to tell God's people right around the world today. God don't want you to be happy. You should be out in the mall today, but God has you in church. God don't want you to be happy. God, God wants you to live this Christian life. When you could go out and have a drink with your friends and you could go here and you could do that and everything. Why? Because he's the one who doesn't want us to be happy. The devil doesn't want anybody to be happy. You have to give something that you have. Satan doesn't have any happiness in him. So, why would he want me to be happy? Why would he want you to be happy? So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband, and he ate. This is when I became a person of interest, right here. Because my mother and my father sinned, and I inherited their sin. You see, my little boy have SC. It's a secret cell trace. My little boy have that trace... Because my father have that trace. And I inherited that trace. And my son inherited that trace. Just the way I inherited the trace of sin from Adam and Eve, my mother and my father. So that is how April 21st, 1971, I became a person of interest. That's how we became persons of interest. Now, like I said, there are two ways when we become persons of interest, we can handle the situation. A lot of times people become persons or persons of interest, not because they actually 
have committed, but they could have been on the scene where something have happened. Today we have cameras all over. So you could be picked out at a, at a scene where something had happened and they just want to question you of what you had seen, if you had seen anything. Now we live in the United States of America where if you get picked up, you can go and plead the fifth. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to say anything. If when we know that we are a person of interest, we turn ourselves in, we have a fighting chance. We have a fighting chance. But if the law has to come and pick us up, then things may go sour. We had a tough talk in Action Pack policeman in Jamaica, Renito Cardova Adams. When that man appears on the television and he calls your name, okay, he calls your name. There's no mistake about who he's talking about. And when he tells you, turn yourself in, he gives you the choice. He said, let your grandma take you. I love grandmothers. He said, let a pastor take you. He said, get an attorney and turn yourself in. Because if I have to do the job of coming to get you, it's not going to be good for you. When he goes out, bodies come in. When you become a person of interest on his list, you're not going to walk in court, beat the rap, and laugh at him going out the door. No, 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 no. He don't play that. Satan don't play that either. Satan wants to destroy us right where we are. Satan wants to get rid of us. But there is one who wants to save. There is one who wants to save. A case, a court case was about to unfold in the Garden of Eden. Get your imagination on now. Seven. Then the eyes of both of them. Remember now, Adam and Eve ate what we call today the forbidden fruit. It has never said what the fruit was. A lot of people say it was apple, it was this. The Bible didn't say. It said it was a fruit. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sew fig leaves together and made themselves covering. You see, they were always naked. 
but they were covered in the righteousness of God. Their nakedness was never a sin. Their nakedness was nothing to be ashamed of. All of a sudden, they became fashion designers. Now they had to be customizing their own garments, trying to cover that which was natural in the natural state as God has made it. Now they realized that they were being deceived. Now they realized that things are not the same anymore. The man hid himself from his wife. His wife hid herself from her husband. When we carry around our sins, we will have to hide from the husbandman, our God and our maker. But court was about to begin. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. In the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Brothers and sisters. Regardless of what was happening here, at least they still had it in them to hide. They were now before their God. They know they could not face God face to face anymore. So they hid themselves. They hid themselves. What could they have done to actually cover themselves properly? This right here, my brothers and my sisters, is dress reform. Dress reform. We cannot stand before God any and anyhow. No matter how the young lady may feel sexy Sabbath morning, when you come into the house of the Lord, be appropriately attired. No matter how young man may feel buff and attire yourself properly to come before the God of creation. You know, a lot of time us church people we invite especially our young people to come up here to do a presentation. And they are not properly attired. And we do everything to beat them down when they don't really know. But if, if we allow our young people if it comes from the pulpit, it makes a difference. Letting them know how we are to attire to come before God. Parents, it's very important. 
Because when they leave home and they come up here and they're being criticized, then they stop coming to church. And they don't want to have anything to do with church anymore. Because we broke them. Dress reform is very important. Then the Lord called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So Adam knew he was naked for the first time. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And here it all begun. Here it all begun. See, God didn't come to Eve and ask Eve, what did you do? God knew what happened. God knew who was there first. God did not come running upon Eve. What did you do, woman? Went to the husband of the woman. God spoke to the husband first. Wives, the husband is the head of your home. Whenever your husband is holding his responsibility, let him be the man of the home. A lot of our children are gone today because of the mothers. A lot of young men especially have taken refuge in their mothers because they cannot go against their fathers because he have put his foot down. So they run to whom they can get comfort from, which is mommy. A lot of these young men are now hooked on alcohol and drugs. A lot of these young men are going down a slippery slope. A lot of them are using drugs like meth. A lot of them are destroying properties that belongs to their parents and mommies bailing them out. Homes are being destroyed because mama takes side with children over her husband when her husband is being a man in the house. We are living in a time today where if the husband or the father is not in the house, that home is not going to stand. Only if the mother is a mother on her knees, begging God for strength and power to lead out. What happened when you're backing these kids that are doing these wrongs? Drinking and, and getting drunk and behind the steering wheel. What's going to happen when he runs the red light and kill other people? What is going to happen when he's in a wrong way and kill other people? Are you going to pay for it? You're going to be a person of interest and you will have to answer to God. Here, Adam was not holding the responsibility. Adam said to the woman, God, it's your fault. When everything fell apart, we have to find somebody to blame. He said, the woman that, God, it's the woman that you gave me. 
It's not my fault, God. It's your fault. It's the woman that you gave me. Then, God spoke to mom now. God spoke to mom now. It's a court case going on right here. Because sentence will be handed down further on. Then God spoke to the woman. And the woman didn't humble herself and say, Father, I am sorry. No. The woman said, the serpent. The serpent. The serpent. Because everybody is going to ha- want to blame somebody except themselves. While God was talking to the man and the woman, somebody else was right there. But God was not having any conversation with certain persons of interest. However, he had interest in two people. Because God is a forgiving God. No. I told you earlier on that the snake had to have had feet. Because here comes judgment now. Not on Satan. Not on Satan. But on the snake. On the reptile. I don't even like to see them on television. I'm being honest with you. I don't even like to see them on television. I'll watch anything on Animal Planet and all of those stuff. But don't show me anything with a snake. They ugly. They ugly. You see, God didn't destroy that snake, you know. God left that snake as a reminder. And that reminder is not for mankind. It's a reminder for the devil. What I'm going to do to you. 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent. To the serpent. Not to Satan. To the serpent. Because you have done this. You are cursed. Remember. In the beginning. The serpent. Was the wisest of all. The animals. The serpent was above all the animals. But now the serpent has been cursed by the creator. Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle. And more than every beast of the field. On your belly. On your belly you shall go. So if it's going to go on its belly. That simply means it was not on its belly. All along. Because now a curse is on you. So you're going to lose. Something. Sister White said when that, when that, when that snake. We're going to say snake. Sister White said that snake. When you see that snake flew up. Oh it had wings. The snake had wings. She said when that, snow, when, that, when that snake flew up into the air and the sun hit it, 
It's like brown gold. It was beautiful. Now it's ugly. Like sin is ugly. Anything that God curses is ugly. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I'm going to skip 15 a little bit. Because I want you to see what God was doing right here. God is a judge, brothers and sisters. The loving God is a judge. But he's a merciful judge. He's a merciful judge. A lot of people are in prison today doing football numbers. 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, life sentences. And they are innocent. They have never committed a crime. But the court system found them guilty. There were three or four young men. They, they have this thing on Netflix when they see us. Who were black men. Who were wrongfully accused of violating a lady. They did 20 years in prison. Evidence after 20 years found that these young men were innocent. Now they try to pay them off. They gave them $20 million each. A million dollars a year. Came by back a lifetime. When interviewed, one of them said, $20 million, what can that do? You took my youth. We were teenagers. We spent all of that time with seasoned criminals in prison. Now you give me $20 million dollars. What is that? Give me back my youth and my freedom and I will forgive you. God is a judge, but God is a good judge. And for the sinner who repents, the judge is also your lawyer. How can you lose a case when the judge is your lawyer? You can't. Yes, you will have to do some time for the crime. But you are free. You are forgiven. Because whosoever the Father forgive, whosoever the Father set free, is free indeed. The story is told of a, a young man. He was a slave. He grew up in slavery. He was born in slavery. And when, when, when the slaves were free, some part of the south, this young man was brilliant. He learned to read on the plantation. His master taught him to read. He could write. When he got his freedom, his master gave him a beautiful stallion, nice clothes. And he decided he, he wants to go up north because he heard rumors about up north. And this young man set out with high hopes and big dreams because of what he could have done. And while he, he crosses states and states trying to get up north... One unfaithful day, he ran into some slavers. He ran into some slavers and they, they disrespect him and he tried to plea his case and they let him know, boy, ain't no nigga free around here, boy. Nigga slave around here. He took out the paper that his master gave him. He said, master gave me paper, I'm free. He ended up on another plantation, 
being a slave again. But brothers and sisters, when the Lord set us free, we don't need no papers. Engrave in the hands, in his palm, engrave on his forehead, engrave in his side. Is our emancipation of proclamation. Who the Father set free is free indeed. God had to let Adam and Eve know that I love you, but I will have to bring judgment. Parents, when you love your children and there is time for tough love, execute tough love. There was a time when my dad, when I messed up his money and everything with schooling and everything, my dad had to introduce tough love. I could not send for the Jordan sneakers no more. I couldn't send for the nice this and the nice that no more. Matter of fact, sometimes you could feel the tension in the house with both of us. But he loved me. And he introduced tough love to me. Things won't be the same anymore, son. And he put his foot down and nobody, nobody could take his foot up when he put it down. Today, I love my, before my wife and my son, after God, there was nobody in the world to me like my daddy. My wife is the only person who have replaced him, put him in fourth place now. Good place to be. He's all right. You know what I mean? He's my boy today. I'm his boy today. But he had to use tough love. My mom destroyed my brother. My brother run to mother for everything. Cook up a scheme like Jacob and his mother. My brother is suffering for it today. My brother is in this country over 20 years without papers. Because my mom chose to go against my dad. Mothers, stop destroying your children. God had to bring a verdict. And God told Eve, Salbert, you will feel pain. This wasn't, Childbirth was supposed to be pleasant, ladies, beautiful. Not that pain. When my wife held on to my hand, because I didn't even know we had to have my, my mother in law on standby, because my wife didn't think I would be able to stand in the room when my son was to be born. So the doctor had both me and my mom, when she was supposed to be only one person, but when the doctor heard the story of me, she decided to let my mother-in-law in. And when my wife held on to my hand, I was like, babes, it's too tight. And the doctor tell her, push, he's coming, he's coming. And she hold me, and I went down, and I'm like trying to strung up. Childbearing was not supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be pleasurable. And God told Adam, by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. And there will be twistle. And it will be hot. And God cursed the ground because he would not curse the man. Because he loved the man. 
So today, when, some days when I'm out there in that triple digit with the, with the heat index at 110, I can't wait to see Adam. Okay, he's the cause of that. That's how I became a person of interest. In closing, let's go to verse 15. Verse 15. Because verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3 is the entire plan of salvation. It's the entire plan of salvation. It is the John 3, 16, 17 and 18 right here. No, God was passing judgment now on Satan. God has been lenient with Adam and Eve. They should have died right then and there. But what did God do? God made them close. God took them out of the custom, whatever they had on, and he closed them. When God closes us, it don't matter how we look. We are closed. We are closed. Fifteen. And this is God talking to Satan now. He's not talking to the serpent no more. The serpent already got its curse. Still running around here today. The woman got her verdict. And the man got his verdict. But here God now. And I will put enmity. Enmity. I will put hate. He's now speaking to Satan. I will put hate between you and the woman. And the woman here is not just the seed of Eve, which is also Jesus Christ, but it's also the, the, the church. Because remember, Satan came for worship. But I'll put enmity between you and the woman. Between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. In other words, he shall crush your head. But you shall bruise his heel. This was unfolded on Calvary, my brothers and my sisters. That's where Jesus Christ paid the price for you and I. We are persons of interest. Let's not run from the warrant that is out there for us. But let us run towards the courthouse to meet he who will redeem us, our Lord, our God, and our Savior. He is there for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But through him the world may be saved. To God be the glory. Thank you very much. Father, Lord, O oh God, on that day, let us be found with all our sins washed away. Father, Lord, O oh God, let us be 
clothes in that white garment, whiter than snow, that you will close the righteous in. Father, send us your Holy Spirit. Wash away our sins, O God, that we will be able to stand before you. Lord, as we depart the sanctuary, let us never depart you, Almighty God. And please, Father, never depart us, O God. Father, at this moment, I'm asking you, please, wake Sister Sonia up, Almighty God. Wake her up, Almighty Father, like only you can. Father, the Sabbath was the day that you have chosen throughout the scriptures to perform your mighty miracles. Lord, we ask one today for Sister Sonia. As I ask one also for each and every one of us here, each and every one of us in your hearing, each and every one of your children on this Sabbath day, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated, please.